this study of moving from facade to community, really wanting to establish within our groups uh, the, the kind of authentic, real community that we see described in Scripture. And we're working through as well the latter part of 1 Corinthians. So if you've got your Bible, you can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, um, and by the way, um, the, the, the days for each reading and the scripture that's, that's highlighted for each of the days reading, I'm putting on iatem.com. So if you've got that bookmarked on your phone and you're, you're thinking, oh, I should do that, that's a good way to know, okay, what day are we on? Um, you know, if you miss some days, don't worry about it. Don't stress over it. Um, these are helpful tools. Obviously, especially the scripture that you're going to read each day to help us to to really engage with what does God want in our lives? What does God want within our community and align our minds, our hearts and our our goals, our desires all towards him? So just to um, uh, reiterate for this week, it's asking the question, who is my spiritual family? Who is my spiritual family? family. Day one of this week, uh, it was the people that you devote yourself to. And I love the picture that you see in that passage of Titus. It talks about the older women teaching the younger, the older men teaching the younger. And um, I just love that picture of a community that's not segregated by age or looks down on the older generation or looks down on the younger generation, um, but is devoted to helping. Let's, let's train up that next generation of, of people to learn, hey, this is what I've experienced. This is what I see have seen God do in my life and how I can share that with you. Really cool thing. We devote ourselves to them. And it's the people that you want another with, you know, the one another's of Scripture. Love one another, forgive one another, um, care for one another, um, bear one another's burdens. There's so many of these one another's throughout New, the New Testament that give us a picture of what the community relationships are going to look like. And we're going to look at that much more next week. But in this Colossians passage, it also ta- highlights a, a number of the sins that we turn away from. And a lot of those sins are about uh, sins against people. You know, in fact, most of the sins I can think of are sins against people. Obviously, they're also against God, but we're moving from sinning against people to loving and all the one another's to people. It's a, it's a contrast um, of, of the old way with the new way into these one another's. So who is my spiritual family? It's some that are like and unlike you. And this is, I think, especially a really big deal in our culture today. Because as we look out into our nation, if we look even just locally, we are seeing more and more and more division. And some of the biggest divisions that happen are related to race and culture politics. You know, we live in Washington, D.C. metro region is one of the most diverse cities in all the United States. Um, We have a lot of cultures, a lot of races, and that creates just naturally separation, which creates division, different ways of doing things, and not to mention politics, different opinions on how to deal with and solve community problems and issues that are arising. As Christians, God is calling us above those things. And I think we have to be intentional about that. You know, community can form around people that are like you and like the things that you like, that have the same views that you have, the same stage of life that you might be in. But we say that we want to be a part of a community that that is beyond that. And that's what God's calling us to. In this Galatians passage, there's no Greek or Jew. There's no male or female, free or servant. 
We are all the people of God, and we need to be intentional about that, to rise above that and, and say that, okay, and recognize that, okay, these are things that create division in the world, and more and more we're seeing that division invade the church, where churches are getting sorted where this is the church that believes this, and that, this is the church that believes that, on all these secondary issues that are matters of opinion. We need to, now it's, it's fine to have opinions. I've got lots of opinions. But I'm not going to let those opinions create disunity within the body of Christ. So I think we need to be intentional about, we want to be in relationship with people that are not like us, racially, culturally, politically, and then also by age, because that, that's where the First Timothy passage talks about. We want to be a people of all ages and generations. That's not at all limited because we're at different life stages or have uh, different um, points in life that we're, we're living. I love, I remember hearing one um, a children's minister say that, you know, children that are Christians that have believed Jesus, accepted the gospel, the Holy Spirit is in their life. They don't have a junior version of God in their heart. Um, you know, there, there's life experience and wisdom that they're still trying to learn, but there is ministry that the, the Spirit of God will do and can do through those children. And that's one of the things that we've been intentional about within our church is we're trying to be a little bit more multi-generational um, than, than, than the average church. And what that comes with that is that we're not going to have this big, cool, fancy youth ministry where they do all these amazing things. Uh, or the kids' ministry that's just incredible and the kids can't wait to go to it. We have to kind of roll up our sleeves together as a community and say, this is how we're going to um, take care of the younger kids. This is how we're going to involve the older kids and what the adults are doing. Um, we've got to be intentional about that, but they are part as much of our spiritual family as uh, the adults. Um, so who is my spiritual family? And this is getting to the First Corinthians 12. It's all of us together equally and no favorites. All of us together equally and no favorites. Look at what Paul says. For just as the body is one, the human body, you know, there, there are parts of my body that, you know, all go together and you cut off one part. It doesn't, it's no longer part of the body. It dies and, and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ. This is a familiar uh, picture that we've seen, but just think about the significance of that. So it is with Christ. The family that we're forming is like your body. There is no part of it that can be just removed and, it's just, and the body is just fine. Or can be removed and that part that you remove is going to be just fine. No, it all goes together. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. All these things that normally divide, we're not going to be divided over those. And all were made to drink one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Many members, one body. So then he goes into things that I'm going to call community killers. Community killers. Look at what he says in verse 15. If a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. In other words, it doesn't matter what the foot says about his membership or role in the body. He is a part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the, be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? I mean, this is, this is ridiculous to say these things. It is ridiculous to say that, that because I'm not that, I can't be a part of it. Because I'm not like that person, I can't be a part of it. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. God's the one who's ultimately in charge of this. He's the one that said, this is your job. This is your role. This is what I want you to do. I formed it. I planned it. I put it together just like the human body with a particular design. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So community killer number one is to say, I'm not like them. I don't fit in. Because I'm not, you know, the foot says, because I'm not like the eye or the ear, because I'm not like the eye, the, the eye, I'm not a part of the body. That is ridiculous. And it may not feel ridiculous to you as you look at other people and wish you were more like that person or more like that person, not gifted in this way, but more like what they are. That is a community killer. You have to believe by faith that God's the one that designed you the way you are for a particular purpose. It is a killer of community to say, because I'm not like them, I don't fit in. And then the next one, Paul goes on. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Again, absolutely ridiculous to say, an eye to say, look, I have no need of hands. I have no need for a hand. The head, I have no need for the feet. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. Hey guys, those of you that are strong, just because that person is weaker than you in a particular thing, that doesn't make them indispensable. They, they are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. So the second community killer is everyone else must be like me or they don't belong. And so you see in both of these a problem of, of self-focus, and that's where it's headed. And that's really what the big problem is of both, is this self-focus. It's a, it's a focus on myself because I'm not like that person and as cool as that person or as effective as that person or I don't have that same gift. I'm not, not quite as good at them at, at talking to people that are hard to talk to. I wish I could do that. Maybe I'm just really not that. I'm not a part. I'm not useful. That's complete focus on yourself. Or like, man, I'm the best at this job. I can do anything all, all by myself, and I don't really need that person. In fact, it'd be best if that person was more like me now that I think about it, and I'm not sure that they really belong or fit. Both of those are total self-focus. Paul goes after that next. He says that there, there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. My focus is not on myself when I'm in community with my church family. My focus has to be on care for others. It's not about what I get. 
It's about how is God using me for them? That's the focus. Not me, but others. I see someone in need. I meet that need. I see someone in need. I maybe rally other people to meet that need. I see kids that need help. I'll help them. You know, I'm just like, my focus isn't on what's good for me. My focus is on what others. And you see a big goal there is that there's no division in the body. There's complete unity. No division in the body. That's big. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together, which I think is a great test of real uh, connectedness within the community. You know how it is is that you get out of bed at night to go to the bathroom and you stub your toe and you smash that toe on the, on the bed and, and it's just so painful that you crumple to the ground. Your entire body feels the pain of just that little pinky toe throbbing. Same thing, you know, it's like I get a nice little head rub from uh, my wife or back scratch or my neck gets, gets massaged up here. And it can feel so good that my entire body is just relaxed and ready to go to sleep. I mean, that, that's this idea. When, when one person is hurt, do we all feel it like they felt it? When one person is honored and, and exalted in some way, do, are we all feeling that same excitement? That's this unity of that body. No divisions. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. He's just highlighting these different roles that God's designed. He appointed these things. And not everybody has it. Each person has different things that they bring to the table. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And you guys who are familiar with Corinthians know that he is going next to the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at that next week, which just to put all this into context, especially when you're talking about spiritual gifts. You know, we can sometimes, in some uh, Christian traditions, highlight sp- certain giftings in a way that elevates them to a, to a level that makes it seem like that's the best thing that there could be. But no matter how impressive you are, you might be an actual apostle, the P- Apostle Paul, or maybe you're an actual prophet of God, Isaiah, you know, Jeremiah. These are amazing men. He's saying there's something actually even better than that, and we're going to talk about that next week. Um, So just in summary, just to bring this all back together, is that our ultimate goal together is that care for one another. It's not a self-focus about what makes me better than other people or a self-focus that says, man, I just lack what they have and I wish I had it. Then I could really feel like I'm a part of it. It's not self-focus. It's a care for one another. And, and, and be reminded, this is like the, the example that he uses here of the human body, it is to say that you aren't a part or to say that they aren't a part because of the role that that person has or because of the role that I have. That is just as ridiculous as the eye saying, I don't need the feet, I don't need the hand. The feet saying, ah, I'm not an ear, I'm not, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the same way in Christ. 
He established it. He designed it. He has designed them. He has designed you. Guys, let's get our eyes off of ourselves and start focusing on how can I start to minister to people the way that he's designed me to minister to them. And then we'll see and watch how God works through his community, through the family of God for his glory. Guys, he's the head. Therefore, listen to Jesus. Do what he says and remember that you are loved.